Truth Espresso, episode 149. Hi, this is Daniel Minnick, the host of the Truth Espresso podcast here on the Christian podcast community, hosted by Striving for Eternity. Christmas is just around the corner, and you still haven't figured out what to get that family member who has everything. Why not try my new book, When the Watchtower Knocks, discussing an encounter with Jehovah's Witnesses? No, it's not some boring textbook. It's about an actual conversation with those dudes at the door. Learn what they believe by what they actually said. My brother John and I walk you through the dialogue and give comments along the way. The Trinity? Armageddon? Michael the Archangel? The Torture Stake? It's all in there. When the Watchtower Knocks is available in paperback for $8.95 and Kindle for $2.99. You might want to put it on your wish list, too. Treat yourself and your loved one to a read that is both fun and informative. Get When the Watchtower Knocks by going to truthspresso.com slash jw. That's truthspresso.com slash jw and finish that Christmas shopping list today. Well, hello, this is Daniel Minnick, the host for Truth Espresso, and my wife is not co-hosting with me for this episode. She is uh, getting dinner for uh, the kids, playing with the kids right now, but that is okay and by design because I have a special guest uh, with me to talk about his new book, Jesus Changed Everything. He changed history. He could change your story, and my guest is Anthony Russo, and Anthony Hails from South Carolina. He's been a Christian for over 15 years, and he's been married to his wife, Amy, for 14 years, and they both co-host uh, Grace and Peace Radio, and Grace and Peace Radio and Truth Espresso are both member podcasts of the Christian Podcast Community, which is a uh, community ministry of striving for eternity. And Anthony holds a master's in biblical counseling and a master's in divinity from Luther Rice College and Seminary. And he also works as an IT project manager and being a software developer, I also will work with IT uh, project managers. So I'm familiar with that. An IT project manager gathers requirements and organizes a project or a team, and I translate those requirements into code. <laughs> So Anthony is the author of Pleasant Places, Reflections on the Christian Life, but he's also the author of the new book that we're going to talk about, Jesus Changed Everything. And Anthony, being an all-around nice guy, thank you, <laughs> Anthony Russo, for uh, joining us here on Truth Espresso. Well, thank you so much, uh, Daniel. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And thank you for that very gracious uh, introduction. You know, you kept going on about uh, me, and I thought, I, I'd really love to meet that guy. <laughs> he sounds great. I don't know. I know who I am, but I, that guy sounds great. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and feel free to uh, include any details that I might have left off that might be relevant, any of your um Anything else we should get to know about you before we get to know your book? <laughs> 
No, you know, I think you, you really hit all the, uh, the highlights. Um, I don't want to mention any of the lowlights, uh, <laughs> But no, uh, you know, as far as my my Christian background, I being Italian and being from New Jersey, I was raised Roman Catholic at 13. I uh, my through the influence of my brother, uh, I found out about biblical Christianity. And then uh, really, I walked an aisle. I prayed a prayer, as many have. And frankly, I became a, a hypocrite for the next 20 years. And then it was through my uh, divorce of my first marriage, the failure of my first marriage, that um, after that, that God saved me in 2005 and um, and has truly changed my life. And so I have a heart for for what we call nominal Christians, cultural Christians, because uh, I was one for 20 years. So that's kind of a, filling in a little bit of the, the gap, I guess, or the details of my Christian testimony. Oh, yes, Anthony. And I'm sure like a lot of us Christians, we will go through those uh, stages in our lives where we don't really take uh, the truth of our confession to heart. And, you know, I've, I remember, you know, I've been a Christian since I was six years old. So, but, you know, even as a teenager, I would find myself, you know, kind of uh, flirting with teenage, you know, dis- uh, wants and stuff like that. And, but, you know, I've, I've usually been what's considered a goody two shoes, but you know, most of my life, but yeah, sometimes, you know, even as Christians, we might not take, um, the truth, uh, deeply to heart. Sometimes, you know, we we're tempted to confess it, but not live it out. But your book, Jesus changed everything challenges Christians alike, as well as, um, you know, unbelievers really to focus on the truth of Christianity, as you said, as it's entitled, Jesus changes everything. And so, you know, Jesus is not just a, you know, a crutch, a, a figurehead. He, you know, he really is the one who really exists, really redeems us and really changes our lives. So Anthony, um, what, uh, compelled you to write this book? I mean, I know that's a quite a cliche question, but what what I what was behind your desire to act, actually to write this book? No, yeah, I think that's a great question. Really, it's a, it's a great uh, launching question, and, and I thank you for it. Uh, you know, first of all, like you said, when when Jesus changed my life. And I think in the life of every Christian, he puts in us a desire to tell others about him. And in fact, that's why you and I podcast, right? Mm-hmm. We want people yes. to know Jesus more and to know him better. And so I've always written evangelistically when I could, or, you know, spoken evangelistically to people when I could. And about a year and a half ago, I wanted, I had read somewhere this idea of uh, write something that you can give to people that it actually has your name on it. And this way, when you're giving them something, you know, you can say, Hey, this is from me. I wrote this and you make that personal connection. So that kind of got the idea, the, the seed of the idea. And so I would start with something. And, and anyway, the process took about a year and a half. I'd write, I'd not write, I'd write, Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, but here we are a year and a half later 
And what really pushed it across the line was I had a conversation with a, with a good friend of mine and who's not a believer. And we had, we were, it was by text and I had been sending all these texts back and forth with him. And I thought, you know, you knucklehead, if you had just written the book, you could have given him the book. Mm. So, um, so I wrote the book. So I finished the book and then I sent him the book. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. That's one way to, yeah. Even to be like icebreakers with some people like, Hey, you know, everything that, uh, you know, I'd like to tell you, I've got it here, you know, read this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly right. And that's really what I wanted to do is like, because oftentimes, you know how it is, you can't really stop a server in the restaurant. They're <laughs> working or a tradesperson or whatever. This is my way of sitting down with someone and having that conversation. And mm-hmm. But obviously, I wrote it in such a way that anybody can give the book out as a conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, yeah, it's me because my name's on the cover, but it's f- from anybody. It's an evangelistic book that I mean, already um, I, I praise the Lord that people have bought the book and given it to friends and family as as an evangelism tool. So so that's been a, a nice uh, experience, really, even if with just a week or so of, of the book being out. Yeah, definitely. And as, as I was reading through uh, your book, you know, as you mentioned, it's an evangelism tool. And I've no I did notice that there's a lot of good evangelism there um i want to get to some of the uh quotes uh some quotes from your book that i thought were pretty uh salient on page 20 you mentioned most people today don't realize that they're in a modern day contest of gods and and you have the example of of elijah and the the contest against the uh, prophets of baal and you know, people today might look at that and say, oh, that's just a, that's an interesting story. That doesn't reflect things today, but you, you really uh, explain how applicable that is to people today. Even, you know, people who say that they're, they don't worship anything, as you mentioned, people who, you know, say that they're atheists, you know, from what I've noticed in our, even our current culture, everyone has a God, you know, everyone has someone, something that they worship, even if they try to deny it. And I think your, you know, your book makes that, that plain. And could you explain a little bit uh, more about that? Like, why would everyone be worshiping something? Isn't it possible not to worship anything? (laughs) Right, right. And and thank you for bringing that out. You're, You're right. When you said that Everyone has a God and you're, you're exactly right about that. You look at even like in, in the study of anthropology, even in secular cultures, which obviously, you know, my background is not anthropology, but just as a layman, Mm. you and I both know, you look at every culture that's ever existed and there's some form of worship. There's something, you know, we are created to worship Mm. and, so you see that across all cultures, all times. Mm-hmm. And today it's no different. We don't have idols of, of wood or stone. Most mm-hmm. of us, I mean, yes, in some places of the world they do, but in our, in our culture, a lot of times the idols are the intangibles. It's, mm-hmm. 
whether it's somebody who wants to be a YouTube influencer and, and that's their, that's their idol of likes and clicks and shares and all that mm-hmm. or money or whatever. So those are the kinds of things that, that people worship today, but they don't often realize it. So that was kind of what I wanted to, to point out is that there are, there's this whole pantheon of gods that exist in mm-hmm. the world today. But yet over and above them stands the one true God uh, to whom we must all give account. So in the telling that story of Elijah and the, the prophets, it's really kind of trying to, to bring out to the reader, what is it you believe? What are your beliefs? What is your God? How mm-hmm. does your God compare to Elijah's God, you know, the God of the Bible? And obviously, you know, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And one, well, as I was reading that, that section, one thing that came out to my mind in our current culture, you know, basically our religiously secular culture, you know, the, uh, the slogan, follow the science, you know, I mean, like there's so much like a, this priestly class of, uh, experts, you know, that have the right to, you know, tell us what to do. And, you know, we can't question anything they say, you know, that's a secularized example of what you're talking about here with the contest of gods, you know, there's no getting around that, you know, that everyone has a desire or a need to worship something and ascribe, you know, what belongs to God to something, you know, especially for the unregenerate, something else other than God. And, you know, and it takes uh, the one true God to take away that heart of stone and, and give us a heart of flesh so that we worship, you know, the one true God as he is. And another example from your book on page 29, and you know, you you and your wife went into a new aged bookstore and, you know, you noticed all the books on uh, mystic religions that, you know, seem to center on self-help. And, you know, from these perspectives, the, these mystic religions that seem to be really attractive to people today, you know, salvation is like a uh, philosophical and ritualistic medical regimen for one to try to see if it works to make them cope better uh, with a cruel and indifferent natural world, you know, that's uh, noticed. And yet Christianity is entirely based on the one who the one who has everything sacrificing for others. You know, that I think that's what makes, you know, Christianity would appear to be attractive in that sense alone, but you know, what we preach isn't really attractive to the world, even though it's like, you know, as we read the Bible, it screams, you know, truth and even attractiveness, but it's a scandal to the world. Like this one, the one who truly created the world and has everything, you know, gave up everything to save us. And that's such a scandal to the world. They, they want, but they want to earn it themselves and they want to, uh, find that kind of medical pill of a you know self-help ritualistic mystical religion to you know to try to see if this regimen works for them you know and so you know i i do have a 
like I have a coworker who was in uh, Buddhism and stuff. And yeah, it's, it, it seems like it's focused so much on self, like, okay, find meaning for yourself in this world. But as Christians, we find meaning in finding meaning in another Jesus Christ. And our, we only find meaning in ourselves as we understand ourselves in light of our creator and redeemer, Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, I think that's what makes Christianity uniquely true against the religions, the inventions of, of, of humanity. Um, Right. Right. And part of that particular part of the book and where we went into the bookstore and everything that really was part of my, my wife's background where mm -hmm. there was one point in her life before obviously before she became a Christian, where she was reading all those kinds of books, you know, the new age, the spiritualism, you know, spirituality rather. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and just those kinds of, of things. And to hear her tell it, you know, there's this, this sort of desperation where you keep reading, hoping that by the end of the book, you know, or the next page is going to have the answer, but then it doesn't. So you got to keep reading and then go to the next page and the next page. And then you're at the end of the book and it hasn't said anything. Yeah. So what do you do? You buy another book mm. and you plow through that one and you get really no answers. You get these little hints and of truth, you know, uh, platitudes mm. or, or, you know, and it's sort of maybe a, a even a, a Gnosticism kind of a thing, it, all kinds yeah. of different ideas. Right. Uh, and it's just so sad because all of it is, is hopeless. All of it is lost. All of it is, this dangling this this carrot of something esoteric that there's some there is some truth out there if only i could find the right book for it mm, and it's yeah. so it's just so sad you know and one of the um one of the examples i, I give in the book is how uh, in the 1840s right uh, gold was discovered in california and so of course thousands and thousands mm. of people head west to california and mm -hmm. and and even you know come over from from china and elsewhere and um trying to seek their fortunes find find the gold well for two thousand years the bible and christianity has declared look all the treasures of life eternal mm -hmm. life are, are in jesus christ mm -hmm. they're they're there he's risen from the dead and the world everybody just shrugs and goes, mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so it's, so it's, it's ludicrous, but that's, that's the world we live in. That's, that's our, our fallen nature and the deception that we have from, of our, of our hearts and our, our hardened hearts and from the enemy um, until the Lord opens our eyes. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for God's grace, you and I'd be in that same, same boat. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely can attest to that, you know, saving grace of God and Amen. <laughs> yeah. Ever wish you could get together with a friend over coffee each week and talk about God's word? Me too. Hi, I'm Anthony Russo. I'm the host of Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's word to everyday life. I hope you'll join me, Anthony Russo, on Grace and Peace Radio each week at graceandpeaceradio.com or right here on the Christian Podcast Community.org. You mentioned the 
finding the the right book and you know that 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 really stood out to me it was a, a very salient point and yeah so you said uh, on page 30 you know and what about the millions of books out there you'll never get to what if the one book with real truth was the one that you never got to what misery and yeah you mentioned Gnosticism, you know, you you mentioned you also asked the next page, what is the meaning of life? What if the meaning of life isn't even found in your language? You know, it's something to think about. You know, what if what if I need to, you know, because like in Islam, the true word of God is only in Arabic. You have translations of it, but but they they can't be perfect because, you know, you can only understand the the full truth of Allah by reading the Arabic Quran, you know, but yeah, thankfully God is not Gnostic and our answer to the meaning of life doesn't require going on a philosophical treasure hunt. <laughs> you mentioned the, the gold uh, prospecting. God doesn't require a secret organization with secret meetings and secret handshakes and secret books because we know those those cults are out there. I remember right. James White uh, debating Joe Ventilacion of the Iglesia Ni Cristo, and they, you know, they'd have a hard time getting a copy of their book, which is meant for their members. You know, it's like, if I need to know what you believe, how do I learn that without having to join you? And they, they you know, it was like difficult to get uh, you know, to get a hold of that. And the same with things like masonry and, you know, stuff like that. It's like, why, if something is supposed to be true, it should be out in the open for anyone who, uh, who wants to see it rather than, as you explained, stumbling upon it. You know, if the truth were some Gnostic revelation, how could anyone even know that they encountered the truth? But yeah, thankfully, you know, right. God is not well, like that. And the Bible is obviously true for that. It talks to uh, every area of truth and, you know, Jesus, I am the truth. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, Paul talked about how, how the mystery that was hidden for ages has now been mm. revealed Yeah, that there was this, you know, and it was the things that, that the prophets desired to, you know, that they sought out, that they tried to understand. And it's all now revealed in Christ. And so you're right. We have this, this contrast where the world, whether it's cults, whether it's Freemasonry, whether it's even organized religions like Roman Catholicism that dress it up in, um, you know, in, in red silk, red velvet, red, you know, and gold and, and ornateness and whatever, or other religions, uh, they all have this 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 hidden knowledge right there's only so mm -hmm. much you can know right it, it, for example my background roman catholicism yeah. you can only know so much you really have to go to a priest to get the 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 you know what the church says right mm -hmm. the church is the, the the keeper of the truth whereas in biblical christianity it's all in christ it's all there in the bible it, it's all in christ and so it's it's wide open available uh now and so yeah what a misery mm -hmm. what a bondage to <laughs> to to be someone who's longing to know what what is this world about where do you even begin 
to find that kind of truth. What a what a sad um, sad thing for anyone who who is earnestly desiring to know. Like, well, how do I make sense of my life in this world? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so yeah, I think thank God in His Word that you know the truth is evident and it's plain. It's plainly expressed there. It's not like read between the lines. The the you know the the Apostle Paul says. I declare unto you the gospel, you know, how that Christ died for his sins, was buried and rose again the third day. And here's the evidence he was seen by all these people, you know, and I, I'm a witness to that. Um, yeah. And, and so the, the gospel is, is right there and we can proclaim it. It's as clear as day and it's simple and understandable, but yet the reason it's, you know, it's not attractive to people is because it goes against the grain of human desires. Like, I like the illustration you gave um, about us and uh, our sinful nature being like a car out of alignment and, you know, determined to veer in one direction away from the, the, you know, the path until a mechanic corrects the problem. So, you know, that's a simple understanding of the gospel and you know so the gospel tells us about who we are you mentioned anthropology it tells us that we are sinners in need of a savior the bible explains why this is how it happened in history and you know you can look around and you can see (laughs) the sin nature evident so you know it's staring us in the face. It's right there. We can see it. It makes sense, but people don't like the sense of the Bible. But, uh, you know, as you explain, the car naturally wants to veer to the side because it's faulty, it's broken, and it needs a mechanic to fix it. So, you know, it's not like the car is seeking a mechanic, you know, the mechanic must make the the repair on the car, you know, and right. you know, another example, Ephesians 2, the Apostle Paul declares that we are dead in trespasses and sins, and, you know, God resurrects us from the dead, you know, um, raised us to spiritual life. And, you know, so that's pretty plain, but it doesn't appeal to the natural man that requires that. And so that's, you know, it's, that's right. the simple gospel there that we are, you know, dead in sin. We need a savior. Christ paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. And, you know, faith in that is the, the means by which we are united with him in his death and resurrection, you know, and, and like, it's very simple, but, you know, so then why doesn't everyone, you know, believe the gospel? <laughs> right, right. And I think a lot of that also is, is of course, our, our the, you know, the, the, the first sin, I guess, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, of Satan of pride, right? Yeah. Uh, where, for instance, we would much rather do all these things. We'd much rather, you know, pray five times a day or, uh, you know, or, or just, you know, go to, go to mass every day or, you know, do all these things, um, yoga or whatever the thing Mm -hmm. is to try to have religion or inner peace or whatever you want to call it. But we don't really want to 
be humble and and acknowledge our our sin, uh, acknowledge that God is right, we're wrong, uh, that He's the authority, we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it's it's how many times? I mean, James talks about um, you know humbling yourself before God, and uh, mm-hmm. so that's the biggest thing. You know the obviously every illustration has its breaking point and you're right. I mean, the car out of alignment, it doesn't seek the mechanic, but you know, the car doesn't humble itself either and say, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm way out of alignment, yeah. but in, and again, the, uh, you know, the, the Pharisees in the new Testament, they, they didn't humble themselves. Um, but the thief on the cross did. And, mm. you know, if someone really wants to know Jesus and know truth and know what life is and know what eternal life is mm-hmm. and anybody listening, get on your knees, go in your bedroom, get on your knees, humble yourself before God, call out to him and say, Lord, Jesus, show, show me what I'm to do. You know, open my eyes to the scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, help me to, to see you. And so that they would call to him in the same eyes of of faith and desperation and humility Mm -hmm. that the thief on the cross did yeah i think i think there's a blessing when god brings us to that point in our lives uh that we cry out to him that we've we see our need Mm -hmm. that most the world shuns that that's the last thing anybody in the world will tell you is a good thing um but that's that's where the blessing is that's where um, we, we really, we come to know the Lord, uh, through that humility, uh, and desperation and, and just seeking him as, as Lord. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the thief on the cross. Yeah. Like that's the perfect situation to demonstrate, uh, you know, the truth and power of the gospel, because it's like, okay, what could the thief do at that point? He couldn't, you know, uh, Jesus right. didn't tell him, well, you had your chance, you know, because you're required to do X, Y, and Z, but you can't do that on the cross. So your, you know, your chance is over. Um, but it demonstrated that, you know, the thief had to be utterly humbled and, you know, in humility, he called out to his Lord being crucified next to him and telling him, Remember, when you come into your kingdom, he recognized that the the one who's being killed as a criminal is his king and the righteous one, you know, so, yeah. (laughs) And he doesn't even, you know, he, I didn't think about this. And I think I'm, I can't remember if I bring this up in the book or not, but he didn't even ask Jesus, bring me into your kingdom with you. (laughs) He just said, remember me. Yeah. That was all he said. Just remember me when you go into your kingdom, not even like. Uh, take me with you. Yeah. He he was so humble at that point. He didn't even ask a, uh, that. He just wanted to be remembered. Lord, just remember me. Yeah. And then Jesus told him, you know, possibly what he wasn't expecting to hear there, you right. know, you will be with me because he demonstrated humility and faith in who Jesus Christ was. And so, yeah, yeah it's beautiful. It's, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, one of the most beautiful incidents in the Bible there in the midst of the blood and gore, the incident there. Um, yeah. I noticed uh, you explained the gospel 
several times throughout your book, which is, you know, it's great, you know. So, you know, your book is not, you know, it talks about Jesus and who he is. He's he's God and man. He's, you know, he's fully God and fully man, the second person, the Trinity incarnate, and, you know, explaining the gospel. And it's, you know, it's not a book about try Jesus. <laughs> it's not a book about add Jesus to your life. You know, uh, it's not a book about, you know, here's how you can feel warm and fuzzy with this Jesus, you know? So, I mean, you know, the, the demeanor, the demeanor of your book is very kind and gentle and presenting the truth, but it presents the truth. It's not trying to make people comfortable or here's your six step plan. Here's something you can try. You know, it, it clearly uh, proclaims here's the command of the gospel. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You, you, uh, that was, that was my goal, right? I mean, we want to be, uh, we want to be gracious. We want to be ultimately if it's, if what we're doing, whether it's podcasting, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation, whether it's in a mm -hmm. book form, if it's not coming from a place of love, it's no good, yeah. you know? Um, and so it, I wanted it to be a loving conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're right. Even though the subtitle of the book says he changed history, he can change your story, which makes it sound mm -hmm. like it might be one of those soft, God's got yeah. a wonderful plan for your life kind of books. That's not the point. The point mm -hmm. is your house may burn down. You, your, your dog may die. I mean, like all kinds of trials may come. Mm -hmm. in your life as a Christian, just like they would as a non-Christian, but better is one day in God's courts than thousands elsewhere. Mm -hmm. yes. And ultimately, no matter what God allows in your life, mm -hmm. that there is no better place in this world to be. I don't care if you're Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or, or some other billionaire, all of that stuff that you have is useless and and is just a waste without Jesus. And so, mm -hmm. uh, what good is a what good is a good life if when you die you're going to spend eternity in in hell? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. But so yeah, you're right. I, I wanted to I wanted to love people and tell them, you know, again, sit down with someone in book form and mm -hmm. say, look, I, I love you. This is the gospel. Oh yeah sure and your your book isn't like you know he said it's an evangelistic tool and it's it's not just addressed to the those who are ignorant of christianity you also challenge those who would even call themselves christians in your book you mentioned the problem that a, you know a christianized culture doesn't make someone christian and you mentioned you know growing up in the or being in the Bible belt where a lot of people might say I'm a Christian because, you know, I'm in a Christian family. I go to a church and, you know, um, so I think, you know, and this is another truth about Christianity that separates it from 
other religions because it's not just being in a group. It's not just a it's not a cultural heritage, um, you know, being in a culture or being involved in propagating a culture or continuing it based on, you know, what you inherit from your parents is not Christianity. It is a, you know, it, there are ramifications. It, it affects culture for sure, but it is a deeply personal and individual reality based on, you know, the identity and the effects of the individual Jesus Christ. So it's like, yeah, is it's not, is Jesus um, the one who influenced your family? It's, is Jesus your own personal Lord and Savior? Has he, you know, when he was on the cross, did he pay for your sins? You know, it's a, it's a very personalized religion and uh, faith. And that's, you know, I think that that does pose the challenge for people to self-reflect and think that, you know, am I saved? Do I truly believe the gospel for myself or am I, you know, hanging my faith on other people you know, for my soul? You know, Exactly. Think, yeah. Right. And, and I, I, I mean, someone, uh, I had a pastor years ago who, who, and it was a perfect illustration. He gave a perfect illustration. He said that uh, the northern U.S. is a lot like the northern kingdom of, of Israel. I mean, it's mm. just now just, you know, full on pagan. Right. The yeah. southern U.S. is a lot like Judah, mm. where oh, yeah. there's still widespread, um, you know, overt forms of Christianity. I mean, there's so many churches just just mm. within a few miles of my house. I I. I can't even imagine there must be 15 of them just within a few miles. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but yet how many, how many people are, are truly, truly Christian? Uh, you know, how many of them read their Bibles? Uh, you know, you see the proverbial Bible in the, the back of the wedged in the back of the, the back window of a car. You know, mm -hmm. I always see that in, if you go to the supermarket or, you know, some parking lot, inevitably you're going to see some Bible just wedged back there. And you're like, do you, do you read it during the week? I mean, it's, it's all, you know, sun dried and beaten and all that. But anyway, the point is yeah, uh, that we just want to try to, I want to get people off the fence, right? It's, it's choose you this day who you will serve. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was a nominal Christian for 20 years. And I say that I had no, no sanctification, no proof in my life, no fruit of salvation. I knew theology. I knew the Bible. Um, and, but I wasn't mm -hmm. living right. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I had all kinds of, of sin in my heart and it wasn't until God in his mercy saved me. And so, uh, just trying to get hope. Hopefully the Lord will use this to bring, to get people off the fence. You know, mm, yes. uh, my prayer is that someone will come up to me in heaven one day and go, the Lord used your book to help bring me to himself. That, that would be, mm. that would be yeah. ideal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Amen there. And yeah, definitely. 
enjoy reading through your book. It's uh, it definitely it, it shows a a very uh, intimate and genuine understanding of of uh, a close relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, you know the importance of the gospel, the need for people to understand the gospel, and and so. Uh, we, uh, about to uh, wrap this episode up, but um, would you like to, um, do you have any uh, closing remarks that um, you'd like to say, Anthony, before we uh, wrap this episode up? Yeah. Uh, well, again, you know, first of all, thank you so much for, for having me on. It's, oh, it's yeah, been a, sure. a, a pleasure and a, and a privilege. And it's also a privilege to talk about Jesus. Yes. You know, when I, what I'm trying to do is sort of pull back the curtain and show this room full of of priceless treasures mm-hmm. that that just fill the eyes all of these priceless treasures they're all Christ they're all they're all in Christ Christ is this priceless treasure mm-hmm. and just trying to get people to see that look he's not He's not your religion. He's not maybe what the, you grew up with in church or, or what you heard or whatever. Go to Jesus. Don't mm-hmm. even take my word for it. Don't, don't, you know, just, just open the Bible and pray and talk to, talk to the Lord and ask him to open your eyes and, um, and, and just know the Lord, serve the Lord, love the Lord. That's, that's the main thing. Amen, Anthony. And I like how your book even basically your book is humble too. It's like your book is, you know, even trying to say, you know, this book isn't all it, you know, it, the book directs you to the Bible and to Jesus Christ. And yeah. So yeah, I have read, uh, um, read the book. Um, that's Jesus, um, changed everything. He changed history. He could change your story, um, by Anthony Russo and Anthony was, you're gracious enough to, uh, send me a a digital copy. And I've also ordered a print copy and, uh, I will definitely keep in mind, uh, ordering more for, uh, friends and family for gifts. Um, so this Anthony Russo, um, the host of grace and peace radio and Oh yes, yeah. I, you know, you mentioned about <laughs> ordering for friends and family, so I, I just had yeah. to interrupt and, and oh, sure. <laughs> throw throw this out there too. Yeah. Look, uh, you know, one of the things that I also try to do with the book was to write it in such a way that uh, churches can, if they wanted to order it in bulk, uh, we can do bulk discounts. We can even do a custom cover on it so that people come to church, they hear the gospel, but then they can take the gospel with them in that book, and it's got. Mm. church logo on it so there's this there's this tie in there and if people want to buy it for evangelistic purposes and you want to do bulk there's ways to to reach me uh through the the website that's um you know through grace and peace radio or whatever and we can do that because obviously look uh, you know what am i going to make a a few thousand dollars on on, uh, selling a few (laughs) hundred copies or thousands of copies whatever the key is Mm. let's 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 get the gospel to people. So, you know, if I can help do that um, in some way that's workable, uh, it'd it'd be a privilege. So you mentioned that. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> Definitely, it's all about the gospel and help Anthony out too as he shares the gospel through his book. Uh, uh, Jesus changed everything, and uh, check out um, 
his podcast with his wife, Amy, Grace and Peace Radio at uh, graceandpeaceradio.com. It's also on the Christian podcast community at uh, podcasts.strivingforeternity.com or Christian Podcast Community. Uh, .org. You could also find Anthony's book on Amazon or also at JesusChangedEverythingBook.com, and I will put a link to all these resources on uh, the show notes for this episode. And so once again, thank you, Anthony Russo, for uh, being a uh, wonderful guest here on uh, Truth Espresso. My pleasure. And like I said, my pleasure and my privilege. It, it's been great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Anthony. And that is the, the end of this episode for Truth Espresso. But stay tuned for more uh, episodes of Truth Espresso. Um, you can catch my uh, wife co-hosting with me, but also have uh, great guests. And I think uh, guests really um, make Truth Espresso a lot more worth listening to than just hearing me babble on. But <laughs> and thank you, Anthony. And uh, stay tuned for um, the next episode of Truth Espresso. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 